welcome to Spiritually Speaking. My name is Jason Palmer, and this is my kind of a side project, I guess. Um, you can see the the emblem on the wall behind me. That's our, our podcast. It's all about foster care and adoption. That's what we have done for the last dozen years or so. But I also have a, a goal of learning some things about some spirituality. I was raised up in a church that was that was what I would call spiritually abusive, maybe. I tend to refer to them as a cult, although, to be fair, they were not one of the child sex cults or anything like that. It was a different sort of a thing. And uh, so that's what this podcast is all about, is my journey finding my way through that situation into my young adulthood where I decided to go against everything I'd ever been taught for about 15 years. Turns out that was a bad decision. And then, um, then once I started having kids and realizing, you know, that there was a part of my life that was missing and spirituality was a large piece of that. And I'm 43 years old now, so skip a few years in the middle. There's a lot of stories in the middle there. And so this is what I'm searching for. And if you're searching as well, feel free, jump on this journey with me, see what you can learn. You can find me at spiritually searching at gmail.com if you have any questions or anything that you'd like to uh, send to me as far as uh, questions and messages and that sort of thing i'd be grateful to to hear from you just start with our uh, kind of my origin story and yes i have to have the old man glasses so if you're looking at this on the youtube channel you'll understand what's going on there i can't see squat that i wrote down without some little bit of extra help i was more or less born into this particular church and the church I grew up in, uh, the sign out front said the Church of Christ. And if you know anything about the Church of Christ, you know that they're non-denominational, quote-unquote. They do not have their own denomination. They do have their own theology, which I found varies from church to church a bit. And what the biggest difference was, I think, was was the people involved. Because the people involved made all the differences in the world. Uh, I've found some churches, and I still don't necessarily agree with their theology, but I've found some churches of Christ where the people were not quite like the folks that I grew up with. There was a lot of power dynamics moving around and control and a lot of things that I think just led to a young kid, myself, seeing in a really unhealthy manner. So I was born into this church and I honestly cannot tell you the first time I went to it, don't know anything about it. As far as I know, I was going there from the time I was born. I I lived in this little town just right down the road here a little ways. And I have one memory from that house. <laughs> one memory, that's it. And past that, my uh, my memory started at the next place we moved into a town down the road called St. Peter's. And there, that's the Church of Christ that, that I was actually in for a good long time. Basically, it's it's the one I was in for the better part of my life. So... We we moved in down there. I don't really remember that. I like I said, my earliest memory is just one memory from when I was very very young at the other place, and it probably I don't have a whole lot of memories that shoot up until at least four years old, and so that's just all I ever knew. As far as I can remember back, we were going to Sunday school there. It was church three times a week, whether you needed it or not, you were going to go, and we would go to uh, Sunday school. On Sunday mornings, and then there would be a, a church service in the evenings on Sunday, and then another one on Wednesday. And Sunday mornings and Wednesdays, there was always like a children's church, although they just called it Bible class. And then 
you would go upstairs and do the regular church with the adults. The adults would have some sort of a lesson or, or something that they were there to, to be learning during the same time we were in Sunday school. And then they would have the regular church service, what most people would call church, you know, a message and some singing, that sort of stuff. Or on Sunday mornings, there was always the, uh, the communion time. There was always the, um, you know, the collection plate, all that good stuff. And that happened on Sunday mornings. So as early as I can remember, we were going there. And I didn't really have a whole lot of problems with that. In all honesty, for the most part, that was that was good-hearted, mostly good-hearted women in the in the church who were just trying to teach Bible stories. You know, they had the little felt board and they'd stick, you know, a little picture of Jesus or the, you know, the, the donkey he rode in on or, or whatever. And, and that's what the stories were primarily about, or Moses and the Ark and we learned all those stories. I never really had a problem with that. I really felt like that was just Sunday school for kids. But one thing it did do was it really set my foundations as a young guy, as a young kid. It set my truths. And that's one of the things I've learned is that my truth, in a lot of ways, was set at a very young age. And my very young age, it some of the truths that were set at that age... I think we're, we're healthy and probably mostly accurate, but some of them weren't. I'll just leave it there. We'll, we'll get back around to that at some point, I'm certain. Yeah, I was just really told to believe. Look, this is what we're telling you, and what we're telling you is true. You know, you can read it right here, and they would read something, and they'd tell you what that meant, and, and so obviously it was true, and you just needed to believe the adults. And as a kid, that makes sense. Even as a grown-up, I can look back and think, hey, I do that with my own kids all the time. I have seven, seven kids, and um, it, it runs through the whole litany of a, of a family placement. Uh, my oldest son is a stepson. My second son is a biological son. And then our four youngest children were, were actually adopted through the foster care system because we've been a foster and adoptive family for a dozen years or so. So, you know, I, but I do that with my own kids. Hey, look. Dad knows. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't told their kids because I said so? It's a horrible answer, by the way, and it rarely works. But that's that's what we've all done, and I did the same thing they did. You know, I'm I can't fault them. I think for for seeing life in that way and thinking that that was that was a reasonable answer. So, quite frankly, I just didn't question anything because it was true, and since it was true, that's all we needed to to do was just believe what we were told. Um, I really didn't notice anything different with with my peers, with other kids growing up. Every I assumed everybody was just like us, and they all did the same things and believed the same things that we did up until about, I want to say, the third grade is where I really kind of start to notice a shift in who I was. And I had some, some other significant shifts in third grade that I look back on and wonder, okay, maybe that's not kind of the nexus to some of those problems I began to have because I didn't understand what I was telling everybody, what I believed was true, and and it started to create some issues in my own psyche. Um, well, about the time I got to fifth grade, I was baptized. I was baptized, and I remember it really clearly. And I had spent probably two or three months at least being terrified that I was going to go to hell and burn for all of eternity. And that didn't sound very cool, especially to a kid in the fifth grade, right? You think of fifth grade boys, and that's a heavy thought for a fifth grade boy to, to put in their heart. 
especially the way that, that that thought was put in. And so pretty typically you would go after the service, you know, they'd have the, you know, quote unquote altar call. Of course, we didn't have an altar that would be, that would be outside of the realm of all the stuff that was good and, and right. And so we had a, you know, the pulpit where the preacher would preach, you could walk up to the front pew and you'd sit down after the lesson and then the preacher come over and sit down with you. And then you had some sort of conversation that nobody ever really knew what it was exactly. And then you would, you know, you'd go be baptized. I didn't see anybody really ever turned down up there. But so I, I went up finally one morning or one evening and um, I sat down and the preacher came over and sat down beside me and and he asked, I think, a good question. He asked me, he said, why do you want to be baptized? And I remember saying, because I don't want to go to hell. Because as my fifth grade brain saw it, like this was some cheap fire insurance. I was terrified of burning, you know, eternal damnation sounded really bad. It still sounds pretty bad. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But as a fifth grade boy who had that theology beat into him, that sounded really like a horrible idea. And so I just went ahead and and told him the truth. And, and what he said to me was, so you're saying that you, you want to be baptized because you love God? And I thought, I didn't, I didn't say that at all. I told you the truth. I said I want to be baptized because I don't want to go to hell. That sounds really horrible. And that's so we went ahead and went on with that. And and so we move on through my you know fifth grade year on into middle school and Middle school kids have questions, lots of questions. I had questions. And the, what the church had to respond with was dogma, rules, rules, lots of rules. And just believe me because you need some blind faith. Yes, we're telling you the truth and that's why we're here. So you should believe us. And that was, as a middle school kid, I'm starting to kind of buck the system a little bit. Not a lot because I was terrified of getting sent to hell, but to some extent, I, I had some questions, and, and I remember seeing in a uh, in a Bible class that I was in one, uh, I think it was, a, it was maybe a Wednesday night Bible class or something, one of the kids who was in my class, my same age, asked a question and, and was told basically, um, we could ask what if questions all day, it's senseless, it's, look, this is the truth, and you should just believe it. And I really think that was one of the original cracks in the foundation of my faith. Because I thought, if you can't explain this, if you can't tell me why this makes sense, I don't know if I want to believe it. And that that really that really shook me up quite a bit. And so as I grew a little bit older, moved on through high school, I, I mean, honestly, I just had more questions. More questions, and it was always answered with more dogma. More rules, more regulations, more this is the way you should behave, this is what you should believe, and if you don't, you're going to hell. That was always kind of like the the underlying tone that was in there is, if you don't, you're going to hell. And that didn't sit well with me because I eventually realized that anybody who can't actually answer a question probably doesn't have the truth in them. There's a reason why I wasn't getting answers. These other kids weren't getting answers to the questions we had. We were young kids. Well, teenagers, I guess. I look at teenagers as young kids now because it's been a few years for me. But I look at it and go, man, I don't hear any answers. I just keep getting told to, to just believe. And it really felt like I was being told to believe what somebody told me that this book was trying to say. And it's interesting now because, you know, my mom was and still is a part of that, of that church. And 
we've had some interesting religious discussions over the years. I I I, I just agreed to, to disagree with her. Uh, but I have, and I don't even know where I got it from. It's sitting right over here. I'm going to knock things on the ground. I have one of my mom's old Bibles. And it's interesting that I can read through some of that now and see some of the notes that she made in there. And it really, as a 43-year-old man, forces me to ask some questions about what she was thinking and how she was thinking and where she was being taught some of these ideas because they just don't line up for me. And I'm not saying that my mom was dumb or stupid or some kind of blind uh, fool for it. I'm just saying that I don't think that I don't think that her level of questions ran as deep as mine, perhaps. Or maybe it didn't. She chose not to chase those questions because somebody convinced her that questions w- were going to lead her to hell and eternal damnation, and she was living in fear. I don't know. That's a question I, I you know, would have to ask her. And I don't know that that would go for terribly well. So eventually, I remember it was one Wednesday night. One Wednesday night, I'd, I had um, I'd graduated high school at a little bit younger age than most. I was 17 years old when I graduated. So I'd gone off and had a job. I was working in a kind of warehouse factory, more of a factory setting. And uh, on Wednesday nights, I had to work. But that particular Wednesday, it was like the first Wednesday every month. We would clean the machines. We'd come in a little early. We'd... The day shift would come in for the back half of their shift. We'd come in for the front half of our shift. We'd all work together and get the place cleaned up, which was a, a great way to do it. It worked out great. We all we both shifts worked half days together and got the place cleaned up and everything ready to go. And we had a brand new sparkling clean factory to start the next week with. Well, I had two choices. I got off at work early and I could go straight to church, which was about three or four miles down the road. Or I could drive home first, which was a, a decent drive change clothes, and then drive back to church and show up just in time to see everybody walk out the door at the end. So I just went to church in the the clothes that I wore. It was a factory worker's outfit, you know, your gray and blue striped, pinstripe shirt with some gray pants, something like that. And I remember there was one of the, one of the people who I'd known for years, since I was a little kid there. And she kind of cornered me in the lobby after church and, and really jumped on, on me about coming to church and not wearing my best and not not doing, you know, showing my best foot forward for, you know, for God and that he would want me to be dressed up and blah, blah, blah. And I suddenly realized that some of these people that, that I've been listening to for my whole life, 17 years at that point, had some really crazy things to say. They were complaining about the way that I dressed. And I was thinking, look, I'm a 17-year-old guy who's coming to church on a Wednesday night of my own accord, not being forced by anybody. And I don't remember reading a single verse in that book that said I needed to dress up for church. As a matter of fact, I remember one particular story that said if a guy shows up and he looks poor and kind of kind of messed up and dirty, you, the, like you don't push him to the back. He's not the guy you, you you bring the rich fancy guy up front and give him all the all the praise and and uh, everybody j- jumps around him and talks to him. But that's that's not the way it's supposed to work and. Here I am sitting in this church that I'm struggling with the theology of it. And as I'm struggling through this theology, I hear have people tell me things that are exactly the opposite of what I've read in the past. And that, and that just didn't sit well with me. And as I recall, I believe that was actually the last time I ever went to that church. I finally said, you know what? These, these people do not know 
what we're dealing with. They don't have a clue what truth is. They have dogma, and that's all they have. And I am not going to sit with it any longer. And so I walked away. I decided I was done. I decided that I was done, and I was not going to go anymore to this church. And I had to decide what I wanted to do with my life. And that is where my my decade and a half of bad choices came from. <laughs> they weren't all bad choices, but a lot of them were. A lot of them were. You know, I remember I remember one of the things that church taught was there's a verse somewhere. I forget where it's at exactly. If you if you look at wine in the glass, it's as it sparkles, it, it bites as an adder and I don't know. It was something like that. I'd have to look it up. It's been a long time since I found it, run across that one. But they used that that singular verse to decide that all alcohol was bad all the time. It didn't take me too long to realize that there was a lot of references to wine in the Bible and that there's a lot of, of religious leaders who don't believe that that only referred to grape juice the way we were taught it did. We were taught that because they, they were very anti-alcohol. So I went and became a drunk. Again, I never said I was smart. <laughs> I did all the dumb things you could do when it comes to alcohol. I, I, I had eventually left and joined the army and I went off and spent a while being a pretty, pretty active alcoholic for in, in the military. And it was a bad idea. Suddenly I look at it and go, oh yeah, all those, I, I do remember some stuff in there about not being a drunkard. This must be why this stuff hurts. <laughs> I got to stop this. And eventually I did. And, and that's alcohol has been one of the struggles throughout my life. I, it's been about four years, a little over, well, almost four and a half years now as, as I'm recording this since the last drink I had, because well, some other life experiences had me chasing the bottom of that bottle for a while. And, and it just wasn't healthy. It was time for me to put my foot down, but not because if I looked at alcohol, I would go to hell. But because I realized that if I started drinking, I was probably not going to stop until the bottle was empty. And it was going to be bad for me because it hurt. It ruined some relationship stuff. It caused me some problems in relationships with my kids. It made me a less effective worker. I was not nearly as good of an employee. I wasn't as good of a husband or a dad. Like all these are great reasons not to be a drunkard. These are great reasons not to not for me not to pick up a bottle of, of wine or whiskey or even beer because I know that that's where I'll go. And those are some of the lessons that I started to look at and go, okay, some of the stuff makes sense. Like the things that I, I was taught to some level, there's some of it that makes sense, but some of it seems really wrong. And I've learned over time that the best of lies have a kernel of truth. And that's when I began deciding it was time to do some searching. Because we're all spiritual beings. Whether someone believes it or not doesn't change the fact that, that's, that there's not a real clear-cut description of exactly what that means. But we all have something in us that's, that's not explainable. And that's what I mean by that. And that was the beginning of my journey to trying to understand what... What are we really? Where did we come from? Are we going somewhere at the end of all this? 
should I maybe get out a map book and figure out where the heck I'm headed? So I don't find out later on that it's where the hell I'm headed. Because I don't want to head there. And that's been several years back now. But I kind of want to take you guys through that journey up to the place that I'm at today. And I'm still on a journey of discovery if I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm still on a journey of discovery. But I feel like I'm beginning to, to finally grasp some of the things that I had never been taught that makes the story make sense to me. So I want you guys to, to think about that. And I will try and I'm going to try and do this as a weekly podcast and try and keep it under 30 minutes, 15 to 30 minute episodes. Because our other show that we do, I mentioned we had the foster care um, show. Those tend to be our hour and 15 minute long interviews with people where they tell stories and and I want to give lots of room for people to tell stories but I just want to throw this out there in some bite-sized chunks so if you stumble across it and you're searching yourself hopefully I can provide a little bit of the a little bit of value and insight into what I've done and what I've had to learn in my own uh, in my own journey so until next week you guys be safe enjoy yourself and Search for truth.